Hello and welcome to the Arena Regulars podcast, your source for weekly drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. My name is Zach, and tonight I am in the presence of a very special guest. A friend of ours uh, is here with us, um, not only part of a fan of the, the show, but a friend of ours and a dungeon master extraordinaire. So he's basically going to be our D&D or Baldur's Gate expert for tonight's Drunken Vortho. So Max, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Hooray! All right, I'm so excited. So tonight, all we are talking about is the story of Baldur's Gate. Now, I know absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> so hopefully Max will be able to <laughs> not only teach me, but teach all of you um, a little bit more about what's going on. What are these characters? Um, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, but of course, first, we're, we brought some beers. We're going to drink some this evening. Uh, Max brought one, I brought one. And uh, tonight, I have brought Pompous Ass. It is an English ale from Great Lakes Brewing Company and it is 4.2%, as you can see on this can. He's got a very pompous, pompousy ass face. Yeah? And uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's crack these open. Here we go. Ready? Oh, baby. I also have a glass. I, <laughs> Max, I apologize. I did not tell you to bring a glass. That's all right. I got my oh, own. There you go. All right. You're prepared. See? And I knew that. And I, I like that about you. Everything you always prepared. Oh, it's all part of being a dungeon master. <laughs> always have to be prepared for anything. Yeah, because the players don't always do what you want to do. Um, oh, they seldom do. <laughs> uh, as If you've listened to the show before, you know that I have done one Dungeons & Dragons campaign, and Max was my DM. Um, so uh, he is <laughs> familiar with my uh, drunken and wild antics <laughs> as, as a uh, player. Um, which, <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, Max, how about, let's just get into it because, um, I know we have a lot of stories to kind of cover. So I want to make sure that we can kind of, you know, get in there, know what's going on. But first, what is Baldur's Gate? What, what is it? What's going on? Uh, well, Baldur's Gate is a city. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a very bustling port city. Uh, from the Forgotten Realms fantasy setting. Uh, it's located on the Sword Coast region, a very, very popular region. Um, an awful lot of uh, stories, um, both books, D&D uh, adventures, and games are uh, set in the Sword Coast. Okay, all right. So um, as, as far as like when we're talking about Baldur's Gate, is there like a specific campaign that we're talking about or like a book? Or, um, what, where, what? Is it just an entire universe in itself? Is it D&D? Is it just, like, a ton of D&D? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Certainly a part of D&D. Okay. Uh, just a couple of years ago, there was a uh, published adventure module um, that was uh, set in, at least partly set in, the city of Baldur's Gate. Uh, that came out uh, in the year 2020, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and much, much further back, back in uh, the late 90s and early 2000s, there was uh, a series of games um, that were set in and around the Baldur's Gate region initially, though they did branch out after that. Okay. Are you talking about video games? Yes. Uh, PC RPGs. All right. Were they only on PC? Did they, did they have console? Yes. Okay. This would be... Uh, there was actually... Um, 
there was a console game, actually, uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Uh, ooh, but I've, I've blocked that out of my memory. I don't remember it at all. Hey, did you? It's not the real Baldur's okay. Gate. So, okay, so it's, is it seen as like, like a bad one? <laughs> was it not a good game? Because that rings a bell. Because so so you're talking about these RPG games. These are the ones where you have like, um, I guess when you're playing on the PC, was it like online? No, no. Well, kind of. It it definitely didn't have uh, online multiplayer the way we'd have it today. Uh, this would be like way back when you'd all bring your computer to your friend's house oh, and you'd have a LAN party. You could do that. Oh man, that sounds so intense. I I I've never tried to do that with like Xbox and playing Halo, but I um. But bringing a computer uh, seems like a lot, a lot more intense. Um, but anyway, so these are the RPG games where you get to pick your like race and your class. And then as you go through the dungeons, you like collect loot. And then you get to level up your, your skills and things. Um, as you go along, is, is, is it one of those, basically? Yes, exactly. You said yes. it. Okay. Perfect. Um, because this will be great. I have mentioned this before, but... Um, I had a rule with my friends that when we played games like that, we would never listen to what anybody said in the game. Anytime someone spoke, you would just try to click through it as fast as possible, and we never knew what was going on. So this is a good time <laughs> to finally know what was happening in all these games that um, I spent hours trying to figure out uh, what I was actually just supposed to do. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Why did you have this policy? Oh, because we were stupid kids, and uh, we just wanted to hack and slash. We were just like, let's... I think I was just like a, a fighter or a ranger, and that's usually what I wanted to do is like, get uh, stop talking. I wanted to shoot some more stuff. Um, get all this boring dialogue out exactly. of here. I want to stab some goblins. That's, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, okay, Baldur's Gate. Um, where's a good place to start? Since there is, like, like a lot of stuff... Um, is just like starting with the first game a good place to be um, and what that story is. I would assume that was kind of, is that just like the basis for a lot of them? Well, it's it's one uh, continuous series. You, you follow the same characters throughout. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I could give you a little more background mm -hmm. uh, about the city itself. Um, it does have a very peculiar sort of government uh, that does come into play a little later on. Um, the city is ruled by uh, a council of uh, four dukes, three normal dukes and one grand duke. Uh, these four are elected, but not the same way we have elections today. <laughs> They're elected only by a very small select group of the richest and most powerful people in the city. Is that a because is there are they elected by a smaller council? Maybe the council of three or two, or is it just <laughs> uh, it's a council of two hundred oh, that, that okay. elects the council of four. They're called the Parliament of Peers. Okay, so okay, you know it's that's similar to some government things we have where we elect people to be the people that elect other people. I guess. Um, anyway, sorry. Continue. Uh, well, once. Um, these dukes are uh, elected into their positions. They hold them for life. Uh, they can be removed, but only by the Parliament of Peers. This rarely ever happens. Mm -hmm. um, the four dukes do hold all of the power in the city. They make all the decisions uh, that control overall the destinies of all the people who live in the city. Hmm. Now, I know that they have a card 
uh, the Council of Four, but it's not actually going to be on Arena. Uh, so unfortunately, us, us Arena players will not be able to, to see them because uh, they, eh, they, their abilities work a little bit better with uh, multiple players, let's say. <laughs> yeah, definitely a card meant for uh, the Commander Legends draft and for the normal Commander format. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, all right, so you, you were saying that uh, Baldur's Gate is on a port, right? Yes. Um, it's not actually located on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a few miles inland. It sits on the river Chianthar, which runs out into the sea. Uh, so despite not actually being on the coast itself, um, shipping and sailing is a huge part of Baldur's Gate. Mm. Okay. Uh, nice. Uh, it would also make it easy for a lot of characters and different people to come in and out of the same city so that you can introduce a lot of people if you're, if you're playing D&D. Well, I guess if you're in the game as well, you could find all sorts of, of folks. So I can see why they would do that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Baldur's Gate is a stopover for lots of people. It's full of travelers all the time. Great. Um, so where does the game start like do you do you get to pick your character or are you just whatever character they give you do they have a specific is there a specific character you are well in the game Mm -hmm. uh you do get to pick okay your character you can be whatever you like uh within the constraints of the game um all of the the usual fantasy kind of races are uh available you'd be a human you can be an elf or a dwarf uh a halfling a gnome uh, or a half elf, even. Uh, I would definitely pick the gnome. That's what. <laughs> oh, I can't blame you for that. I always love the shorties. Yeah. Uh, but I'm more of a dwarf guy myself. Okay, yeah. The stout and strong. For sure, for sure. I, I respect that. Um, and does this. Do we start in a tavern by chance? <laughs> Not in a tavern. Okay. Um, but very, very close. Uh, you start in uh, the library fortress known as Candlekeep, uh, which is just as well known as uh, Baldur's Gate in the Forgotten Realms setting. Um, it's a massive library built inside of uh, a fortress perched on the edge of the coast. Uh, it's the greatest repository of knowledge and learning in the whole world. Uh, and while you don't start in a tavern exactly, you do start in an inn within Candlekeep that uh, services people who come to visit the fortress. All right, so it's, uh, it's pretty close. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty They close. could be drinking beer at the beginning, basically. That's all I want to know. That's what I'm really looking for. Um, oh, you definitely can. Mm-hmm. If you want to, one of the very first things you can do is walk up to the, the tavern keeper, the innkeeper, and you can order uh, a beer. Wait, really? Oh, that's great. Really, really. Now. It is uh, possible for your characters in the game to drink, and they can even get drunk. <laughs> I'm sure that's super helpful for your quest. Um, <laughs> being being it's drunk. It's a little. It can be. Wait, really? Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, it improves your character's morale. They become more resistant to fear. I see. Okay. Well, that would probably uh, be helpful with some of the... the characters that I have seen. Um, so, so let's talk about some more of these, these, these legendary creatures that we see, because I am interested in knowing who some of these people are. Are there any, is there anyone that we meet like right off the bat that's helping us or like is part of our party maybe? Um, who are the important 
ones, or at least one of the important ones? Uh, well, there are a couple mm-hmm. uh, that we could mention right off the bat. Um, so while I did say that in the game, uh, you get to pick your own character, make your own character, and you can be anything you like, um, there was, however, a novelization of the first mm-hmm. game uh, that followed the story. And uh, within the novel, of course, they actually had to make a main character. Um, and he does have a card in the set. Uh, Abdul Adrian is the stand-in uh, for your character in the game. Oh, Okay. Um, so does that kind of mean, wait, the stand-in as in like you are, uh, your name is Abdul and then everyone just refers to you as this person who's done these things? Oh, not exactly. Okay. Uh, you can make your character anything you want in the game, but, uh, in the novel they had to pick a name and they had to pick one character mm-hmm. to be the protagonist. So they came up with the character of Abdul Adrian. Uh, but within the novel, he fills the role of your character in the game. Gotcha. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so when you're reading that, yeah, okay, okay, understand. Um, cool. Okay, that's kind of nice. So I'm looking, I don't know if I can, right now, so everyone knows, we're trying to keep track of um, which which cards are the alchemy cards and which cards are just the ones from uh, Commander Legends. And it is difficult, let me tell you that. Uh, so I'm pretty sure Abdul might only be a Commander Legends card as well. Um, oh no yeah let me see I, I'm pretty sure he's mono white so that's a card that I would normally uh, know exactly who it is but yeah I believe that wow they're really uh, they're really not putting any of these, these guys oh because he, he chooses a background um, well those ones usually ended up as the, the six sided the six sided ones I, I, but that's why I assumed he'd be in the set I would also assume he would be in the set but there are also some things that you know uh, you know, I, anyway, uh, let's, <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about the difference between alchemy and paper magic, but, um, okay. So, so what is, what kind of like jump starts the whole story? Like, where do we go from here? Uh, well, what kicks the story off is, uh, when your character's foster father, uh, a wizard named Gorion, uh, who has raised, uh, Abdul, your character, uh, within the safety of Candlekeep for uh, your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, he pulls you aside one day and tells you abruptly that you need to gather your things because the two of you are fleeing uh, from Candlekeep, though he refuses to tell you why. Um, you do have uh, a little interaction with um, another character who's also very important to the story. Uh, this one I know has a card <laughs> in alchemy, <laughs> Imowen. Okay, yes, I am familiar with, uh, with Imowen. Uh, so Imowen is your, uh, your character's best friend. Uh, oh. The two of you grew up together, though she's just a little bit younger than you are. Uh, the two of you have been inseparable for your entire time at Candlekeep. Uh, she tries to find out why you're leaving, but of course your character doesn't know either. Oh, well, do they, does she come along? Does she come with, I would hope? Not right away. Gorion won't let her. Oh. Um, Gorion whisks you away. Uh, in the dead of night with much secrecy. Um, And as the two of you are uh, fleeing from who knows what, Mm -hmm. uh, you are actually ambushed in the middle of the night as you're you're fleeing through the countryside by uh, a mysterious uh, but very imposing warrior wearing uh, black armor covered in spikes with this jagged skull-shaped helmet, very fearsome, uh, along with a variety of other strange retainers. Um, they, uh, they challenge you. Uh, Gorion commands them to step aside 
Um, but the, uh, the strange figure, he only laughs. There is a, a terrific battle in which Gorion unleashes his powerful magic, and though he kills many of the attackers, it's not enough. And the black armored figure uh, kills Gorion. Oh, jeez. Though uh, your character, Abdul, is able to flee and escape in the chaos. Uh, and it's later on that you find out that this black armored figure uh, is an individual named Saravak. Mm. All right. And he ends up being the the primary antagonist of the story. Yes, I can see. So he is one of the six-sided cards, uh, one of the black ones, um, with lots of spikes and a big skull helmet. I can't believe that they killed off the dad right away. Oh, no, okay, never mind. They do that all the time. That's a lie. <laughs> I just got... I, so Gorion, he's the, the Bant card that, like, cares about adventures. Um, That's right. Yeah. Man, that's cool. That's a bummer. I, I mean, you only talked about him for a moment, so I uh, was kind of hoping I'd get to hear a little bit more about this guy, but I guess, uh, I guess not. I, I actually uh, opened one of him today and was like, oh, this guy looks cool. I'll play with him. And <laughs> it's all... <laughs> and he's dead. All right. <laughs> well, even Abdul didn't really know that much about his father's past. Mm-hmm. Gorion uh, is a very secretive individual. Um, all you know is that Gorion is very powerful, very respected, and very influential. He's uh, the kind of man who uh, commands respect and attention from everyone. All right, so I'm hoping that you, Abdil, or our, our character ourselves, um, has some sort of, like, I don't know, letter or trinket or uh, signet to show people uh, on our journey to be like, hey, we knew this guy, Gorion, he's, he's our buddy. Can you let us into this place or help us out or whatever? You do eventually, uh, much later on, you do find a letter that Gorion wrote um, that does reveal uh, a number of secrets and a number of elements of Gorion's past. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you do learn that Gorion was um, part of an organization called the Harpers, a very widespread and powerful semi-secret organization that uh, fights for good throughout the world. Oh, Harpers. Interesting. All right. That's kind of cool. All right. So we have now fled from Saravok. And uh, where do we go? Well, at first, um, Abdul is just fleeing blindly, trying to get away from the battle. Mm -hmm. Um, the next morning, however, he does run into Imowen, oh. uh, his best friend, who f- who secretly snuck out of the fortress and uh, followed the two of you, um, and was hiding nearby when Gorion was killed. All right, I see. But you didn't help out. All right, okay. I uh, I see you. All right, I'm not. Uh... Oh, you're only level one. There's not much you can do. Okay, that's all right. Imowen. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. That's fine. But I got my eye on you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> the card does say trickster friend, so I'm a little, uh, <laughs> I'm a little... You know, when I was younger, when I first played the game, mm-hmm. I didn't really like Imowen very much. Yeah. I, I never used her, never brought her along. I wildly underestimated her. It wasn't until uh, I got a little older and learned a little bit more about how the game works that I realized that Imowen is best girl. Yeah? Okay. All right. Well, then I will... Leave my, my things aside. So wait, so you can choose who comes along your adventure with you? That's right. Um, you get to have uh, an adventuring party in D&D fashion. 
you get to have up to six people in total, so five plus your main character. So when you when you are playing the game and you're like the actual mechanics of the video game, are, is it like Final Fantasy where you have like turns, or do you all just like fight? Uh, well, you all kind of fight, um, but it's real time with pause. So you can you can hit the pause button uh, and assign actions and give commands to your various party members, and then you unpause and the game runs in real time. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Wow. I actually, no, I'm sure that there were games that I played that, or maybe this one or ones like that, that had that ability. I just didn't know how to do it. So I, uh, just never gave commands and ended up, uh, uh, losing party members. No, no, actually, no, I did play kingdom hearts and you could do that. You could make, uh, you could give commands to, uh, to your party members. That's a little bit different. Anyway. Um, Going back, getting back on track. Okay, so M1, we do like her, and we meet back up, and now we're together. Now we're we're forming the party. We're we're building it up. Yeah. So Abdul and uh, Imwen, with nothing else to do, um, they begin adventuring along the Sword Coast. Um, they meet a variety of other companions as well. Many, many different ones in the game, uh, though I believe a few of them do show up. Uh, as cards, either in in paper or in alchemy as well. Um, there's uh, in the first game my personal favorite Minsk <laughs> and his best buddy Boo. Uh, there's Dinahair, the witch, uh, Jahira, the druid, Viconia, the cleric, uh, Safana, and Alora, the thieves, and many others. All right. I do need to ask. I know Minsk is obviously like a huge card. We've we've I've been known Minsk for a year now because of uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, um, and now he, he's a planeswalker. Um, is Boo really a giant hamster, like space hamster, or it's the subject of much debate? Okay, what? Where do you? Because if you don't know, if if you're if you're listening, you don't know um, Minsk believes that his hamster Boo is actually a a small... Wait, what is it? Usually he's from a breed of like giant space hamsters, but he Boo happens to be small or something? He's a miniature giant space hamster. There we go. Okay. So, um, and Boo ends up like, I don't know, eating people's eyes and stuff, I think, um, from the flavor text from some of the cards. It seems like that's where he says, go for the eyes. Um... Where do you land on is Boo actually a miniature space giant miniature giant space hamster or does Minsk have a, some little something going on? Well, Minsk definitely is more than a little unhinged, but mm. I personally believe that Boo is the real deal. Oh, okay. All right. Is uh, Boo or rather Minsk, claims to be able to speak to Boo, though nobody else can ever hear Boo talk. But he does seem to act as Minsk's voice of reason, uh, often urging Minsk to, uh, to try talking first or listening uh, before smashing evil. Maybe uh, give, give it a couple of seconds. <laughs> I he love curbs that. some of Minsk's more reckless impulses. Okay. Uh, nice. All right. Well... I'm glad to hear that you're on that side. I 
don't know a lot about it. So I'm on the side of, he seems like he's a crazy person, but, um, but, <laughs> but yeah, okay. I will take it from the experts. Um, booze, the real deal. You heard it here first. Probably not first, but who knows? Maybe you did. You heard it here first. There you go. Um, great. Of these other characters, I think Jahira is the one that I actually um, have uh, remembered. She is another one of the six-sided cards um, who seems completely different than her uh, paper counterpart in Alchemy, where she has Hexproof from Artifacts and Enchantments, which is um, very interesting to me, but... Uh, it's an unusual line of text, for it sure. It is. It is. Um, but it does make me excited just because, you know, well, anytime something says hexproof, I'm usually interested. But um, anyway, uh, great. Okay, so these are the people. Are these the people that we choose to be in our party? Like, Yes. Okay. Among others. Wow. But uh, they unfortunately did not make the cut <laughs> to get a, a magic card. Oh, okay. Um, Nice. Okay. Well, sweet. Uh, we don't want to go through every single one of these, uh, so look and, and find them yourselves. But, uh, but yeah, very, very awesome. So are we, do, are we building like a super team to go beat um, uh, Saravok, our bad guy? Does, is this like everyone on board with, with us trying to like go avenge uh, our father's death? Well, most of the characters kind of have their own... Uh, thing going goals. on okay um most of the people you meet are very happy to come along with you and and help you out uh with your activities as long as you also devote a little bit of time to them um and helping them accomplish their own goals and minsk is one of those actually when you meet him um he tells you that uh his his companion his witch companion dinahair who he's supposed to be protecting uh has been captured by uh, a band of gnolls live in a, a nearby fortress somewhere in the countryside uh, and Minsk insists absolutely insists that the honorable thing to do is for you to come and help him rescue his friend <laughs> and in fact if you if you bring him along in the party and you take a little too long to get to it uh, he'll go berserk and attack you oh my god <laughs> yes okay so wait wait coming back this guy <laughs> All right, no, no, sorry, sorry. Boo is still the real deal, but Minsk is very much... So it's both, so it's both. <laughs> oh, it's he, definitely both. Minsk okay. is crazy. So that's the real answer. Both. Um, <laughs> Minsk is crazy. Boo is also Minter giant space answer. Okay. Um, nice. All right. Uh, so these are all like the, some of the side quests. So as we're kind of building up experience and getting, you know, it's kind of like the the whole montage of getting ready um so we save a witch um we it, it takes some time but we uh we get to her so you do go on a variety of side quests the game has uh, a lot of freedom it's very open for you mm -hmm. to explore uh the sword coast region around Baldur's gate um though Baldur's gate is currently closed at the time you can't go there right away uh, it's not until a little later on um, but throughout all of your side quests, eventually, you do stumble across this uh, conspiracy. Mm. Uh, you see, there is an iron crisis that's gripping the Baldur's Gate region at this time, where uh, tools and weapons made of iron are crumbling away into useless, rusty dust, and nobody seems to know why. Um, you, however, uh, do discover that the cause is... Uh, 
an organization, a very secretive, mysterious organization, who are poisoning the iron. How do you poison iron? Is it, I guess, is it uh, magic? Uh, it's alchemy, as a matter of fact. That they're oh. using. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they have a sort of potion that they're uh, contaminating the iron ore with, and it causes it to rot away. Okay. All right. So alchemy is destroying the iron. Perfect. Um, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and uh, did you mention something about the Iron Throne? Not yet, but that does turn out to actually be the group who are behind this conspiracy. Um, the Iron Throne is a, uh, a merchant organization, actually. They, they focus mm-hmm. on trade. Um, they're not based in Baldur's Gate, but they do have uh, an outpost in the city. Baldur's Gate is a hub of trade along the Sword Coast, so it's only natural that the Iron Throne has a presence there. Um, though why they might be uh, ruining all the iron in the area is hard to say. Um, your characters, however, do eventually figure out that Saravak is a part of the Iron Throne. Uh, his father, Rilatar, is actually the head of the Iron Throne in Baldur's Gate, and for whatever reason, Saravok seems to be using this influence uh, to secretly carry out this conspiracy and destroy all of the iron. Interesting. So, okay, so the Iron Throne is a group of people, not an actual throne, like, like that you sit on? Yes. Okay. Um. <laughs> it's just an epic name. Gotcha. Um, well, obviously, it seems like if you're part of the Iron Throne, you probably have some way of being in control of the iron. So if you destroy a bunch of people's iron, they're going to have to buy more and then profit. Is this maybe? <laughs> Is it a, a convoluted well, way to... That seems to be what they're trying to do. Yeah, okay. At least yeah. on the surface. Uh, you do find out eventually that they have a secret mining facility that they've built uh, in the Cloakwood Forest just south of Baldur's Gate where they are stockpiling uncontaminated iron. Um, it's later on, however, when your characters eventually do make their way to Baldur's Gate and uh, probe deeper into this conspiracy, um, they find out that Saravok actually has a much, much darker goal than just making money. Uh, in truth, Saravok is plotting to become one of the dukes that rule the city, one of the Council of Four. However... In reality, Saravok is a child of Baal, the god of murder, uh, who was destroyed during a time of upheaval many years ago. It turns out that uh, Baal saw his death coming, somehow, used his godly powers to know that he would be destroyed. So before uh, his very ironic death, the god of murder being killed by someone, he went around and he had a whole bunch of mortal children. Um, which Saravok is one of, and so are you. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> wait, so, okay. <laughs> First off, Ball, is, that's spelled a B-H-A-A-L, right? Something yes. like that? Yes, that's okay. Right. Not like a ball, not like a bouncy ball. All right. Second. No, not like, <laughs> not like a, a bouncy ball at all. So we are, like, twins with our bad guy? Brothers. Brothers. Half brothers. Jeez. 
Um, what the heck? All right, so this is just strictly um, nurture over nature here, because we're not like him at all, right? Well, the game actually does give you some opportunities to choose. Oh. Um, there are points at which you can make uh, certain choices, either for good or for evil. Um, and as time goes by and your character begins to uh, sort of awaken their, uh, their divine ball spawn power, um, the kind of powers that they manifest can be different, depending on when your whether your character is good or whether your character is evil. Okay. When did this game come uh, out again? 1998. Okay. In 1998. Because um, that's a thing that seems to be, like, like, that's huge, right? Was there another game that did this before Baldur's Gate? That, like, let you choose if you're the good guy or the bad guy? Because that's, like, that happens a lot nowadays, but, like... There was, I remember there was a period of time where uh, people were talking about a lot of RPGs that, and they were just like stoked on the fact that all the choices they could make were so huge. But like, I didn't think that they were doing this in the 90s, I guess. Not many. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I can think of one. Baldur's Gate was definitely one of the first. And wow. in my opinion, one of the best. That's so cool. Awesome. Wow. I had no idea. I thought it was like um, the, what are those? I don't even know. I didn't play uh, a lot of those uh, games, but um, dang. Okay. All right. Well, awesome. So we could, in, in, we could kind of become Saravok. What, what happened? Has anyone tried to, to get into the Council of the Four? And like, can you, can you do that? Can you be like, all right, Saravok, I see you're trying to get in the council for but I'm going to do it first. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's possible, but um, <laughs> changing it like that. But um, anyway, uh, all right. So obviously, Un unfortunately, not a possibility in the game. Uh, yeah, for yeah. your character to, to kind of beat Saravok in his own game. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Like a musical chairs kind of deal. You sit down before he does. Yeah. Oh, that would be funny, though. Um, all right. So we find out that we are brothers with Saravok. And um, so Ball, he's been dead for a long time. Is this the kind of situation where people are trying to, like, resurrect him is he like a demon are there like worshippers that want him to like rise again well ball's not just a demon ball is a, a god or he was the god of murder oh right 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 um well uh saravok is actually not very interested um in attempting to revive ball what he wants is he wants to take over ball's job he wants to make himself mm -hmm. the new god of murder and um, all of the, this conspiracy, all of this plotting, is part of a, a master plan to manufacture a conflict between Baldur's Gate and the nation of Alm to the south. You see, Saravok has been sowing rumors that Alm is in fact behind the Iron Crisis. They're trying to destroy all of Baldur's Gate's iron so that they'll have no weapons and they'll be defenseless. And uh, Saravok, he intends to take all of his stockpile of uncontaminated iron and swoop in as the hero. And that's how he plans to become one of the city's dukes. And once he is, 
then it'll be uh, within his influence to lead the city into war. And he believes that uh, he'll be it. able to harness all of this mass bloodshed of war as part of uh, a profane ritual that will transform his uh, ball spawn power and make him into a god. Jeez. All right, so classic, make a problem, bring the solution, profit maybe not by money but by power, and then turn yourself into the god of murder. Classic, um, you know, <laughs> very... Uh, we, we've seen that in all the gangster movies, trying to be the, the god of murder. Um, no. Awesome. Wow. And Classic turn yourself into the <laughs> god of murder plan. Yep, classic. Uh, all right. Now, I'm assuming that we're trying to, to stop this. So how do we do that? How do we stop him? Well, one way or another, you're definitely trying to stop it. Um, either because mm-hmm. uh, you're good and you, you don't want this, this massive, pointless war to happen... Uh, and you want to bring Sarabak to justice, or um, maybe for your own personal reasons, maybe you just want revenge against Sarabak for uh, killing your foster father and trying to kill you. Uh, because throughout the game, Sarabak sends assassins after you to try to kill you because he knows that you are his half-brother, though you don't find out yourself until much later on. Or it could be that you even want to uh, get Sarabak out of the way, so maybe you can try to become the god of murder yourself. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so he already knew about this? H- how did we find out that we were, like, balls spawn? Ugh, that sounds really gross. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, half-brothers with Saravok and um, have the, the, the god of murder's blood in us, I guess. Well, Saravok, um, he found out uh, his true nature some time ago um, through his own mm-hmm. research and... Uh, the, the power of Ball inside him uh, was very strong and kind of worked with his own natural inclinations and drove him towards evil. Um, through his research, he learned the truth of who he was. And while he was at Candlekeep uh, researching the nature of the Ball essence, uh, he came across you. And he recognized some of the same signs in you that he saw in himself. So he was able to deduce that oh. you were also one of Ball's children. I was thinking it was more like he he knew this and he's been holding on to it for a long time, but he literally just meets him or meets us, I guess, and realizes, oh shit, no, you you're like kind of like me. Exactly, um, but Gryan got wise because mm-hmm. he also uh, understood the truth of what Saravok was and uh, why Saravok was researching. Um, the nature of Ball. Though Saravok was operating under an alias and trying to hide his identity, Gorion, he's a pretty smart guy, and he caught on. Um, which is why Gorion tried to take you out of Candlekeep. Because uh, he knew that Saravok knew that you were there. He was trying to whisk you away to uh, another secret location where you'd be safe. Unfortunately, Saravok was just a little too quick. Yeah. Alright, so Saravok is, a, is somebody... Is this a person that was in... Like, we were... Feasibly, if we lived in in, uh, in Candlekeeper around that area, we would have known who Saravok was. This is like a, a person in the community. Not exactly. Saravok was a visitor okay. to Candlekeep. Um, people can come to Candlekeep from outside. They can stay for a short time, um, but only a short time. Uh, Candlekeep has very, very strict policies for entry, um, which is the reason why... Uh, after Gorion is killed, you can't just 
turn on your heel and just go right back inside. Um, they will mm-hmm. only allow someone inside the library if they donate uh, some noteworthy piece of knowledge that isn't already contained within. So travelers will come from oh, far geez. away bringing it new lore and new knowledge so that they can get inside uh, for a few weeks, only about a month you're allowed inside. They can do as much research as they're able to do, and then they have to leave. That's kind of cool. That, like, really keeps your, your library up to date. Or maybe not, maybe not up, well, I guess up to date in the sense that you're getting a lot more information, but, um, um, nice. Absolutely. has, like, a Wikipedia uh, it, it's like it's like very guarded Wikipedia. <laughs> it kind of like, is like magic Wikipedia. Yeah, you have to bring information that you know and found, but then you get all the other stuff. But all the stuff that you're reading is from other people that have also brought stuff. All right, but like you know, it's not just any any schmo. Um, are we getting closer to the climax of like our our first game? Does he actually get? to go through the whole thing. He, he shorts, uh, Saravok. So he shorts all the, destroys all the iron, gives more weapons, and then we go on a war rampage, and then through the blood shed, Saravok becomes the god of murder. Very nearly. He comes very, very close okay. to, be able, to being able to uh, fulfill his plan. Um, you get there uh, just in the nick of time to actually halt his coronation uh, to become a Duke of Baldur's Gate, you interrupt the middle of the ceremony. Uh, and just as they're trying to throw you out, uh, you produce documents and evidence uh, proving your accusations. And Saravok um, himself, as soon as the evidence is laid bare, uh, he makes no secret of it. He says, yeah, that's exactly what I tried to do. He doesn't even deny it. Well, yeah, because he, he was doing that. So then does he end up getting to... Do we just, does he just stop? Does it go to like a judge? Um, well, Saravok is, the- is definitely not the kind to, uh, to answer a court <laughs> summons. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, what he does is he says, all right, fine, plan B. Uh, and he gives a mm-hmm. signal um, bringing uh, assassins out from the crowd where Saravok had hidden them with concealed weapons uh, who tried to kill the other dukes of Baldur's Gate as well as you. Um, Saravak knows that his plan is ruined now. It's never going to work. His treachery has been exposed, so he's just going to try to kill as many people as he can, take as many people down with him as he can, uh, while he flees. And then your characters actually, after fighting off the assassins, they give chase. They follow him uh, down into the Undercity below Baldur's Gate. Oh, shit, the Undercity. Okay, I know about this. Um, All right, so... We try to do this the, the normal court way, right? Show us, show the evidence. Uh, and then he just wants to kill everybody, takes the initiative, goes to the Undercity. Um, does he kill the, the Council of the Four? Potentially. They can die. It's a, a battle that you, you have to fight in the game. Well, Saravok disappears. Um, but you have to fight okay. off the assassins who are trying to kill uh, the NPCs, the, uh, the council members, as well as you. So... All right, so depending on how good you are at the game, the Council of the Four survives or not. All right. And if you like them, you know, you can do, I guess you can kind of decide whether you want to keep them alive or not. Uh, maybe like two. I don't need all four, but a couple. Uh. In fact, only two of them are uh, present for um, Saravok's coronation. One of them, 
the most powerful and most influential Duke um, Elt or Entar Silvershield has already been taken out by Saravok covertly. Saravok had him poisoned. Oh shit! Okay. All right. So then you already <laughs> we can't even save them. Okay. Um, oh, one down already. Perfect. So if I'm playing this game, uh, there's only they all die. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the council of the four they're gone except for one who's somewhere. Um, and then we chase after Saravok into the Undercity. Um, and then what happens? Do we get him? Does he just disappear and that's like, that's what, that's what happens? No, definitely not. Uh, Saravok, right. with all of his plans in chaos, he does flee, but uh, your character and MON and the rest of your companions, you do give uh, hot pursuit, um, eventually cornering him in this ancient temple of Baal um, that's been hidden beneath the city of Baldur's Gate for who knows how many hundreds or thousands of years, uh, though Saravok had discovered it. And this was going to be the site of his ritual that he, was, he would have conducted um, to take the place of Baal as the new god of murder. Uh, and when you corner mm-hmm. him there uh, with just his few remaining loyal retainers, uh, there is an epic battle between you. Uh, a battle that I died at a lot of times. It is hard <laughs> yeah that sounds like the battle where i tried a few times and then i put it down and then i never picked it back up and then i, <laughs> I always remember nope never got past that part that's uh <laughs> the very end nope couldn't do it um dang all right real quick while we were talking about this did ball have anything to do with building balder's gate is balder his full name that's a good question. Uh, no, actually. Uh, just a phonetic accident. The, the two aren't related at all. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, just... Baldur's Gate was uh, founded by a, a legendary explorer uh, named Balderan. Got it. Okay. Did, was he good at running? <laughs> uh, he anyway. was a sailor. Uh, oh, so no. Probably. No, probably not. Good at swimming, I hope. <laughs> Good at swimming, <laughs> or uh, he, hopefully not, because you, if you don't have to ever be in the water, then uh, that's, that's you're a good sailor. Then, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're a good sailor, you don't ever have to swim. You can stay pretty dry. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So then, we get to the to the end, and we stop the ritual. Hopefully, if you can, and with. Uh, Maybe some of the Council of the Four still intact, depending on how much you like them. Um, do we just kill Saravok? Does he? Does he? Do we? Is he just gone? Are there multiple ways to end the game? That's one thing. Can you sometimes kill him, sometimes not kill him, or does he? No, unfortunately, you have to kill Saravok. Uh, he's okay. <laughs> he's the kind who definitely goes down fighting. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so there isn't just a, a, any worry possibility that he either succeeds and flies away or just runs away. He just goes down swinging. Will not. Uh, once you call him out, he's just like, "Well, it's, it's time to f- go down fighting." All right, makes sense. Yeah, he's definitely going to try to kill you. He doesn't like you at all. You ruined all of mm-hmm. his carefully laid plans. Took him years <laughs> to arrange all of this, mm-hmm. and you just sort of fall ass backwards into his conspiracy and wreck it in a matter of weeks. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Saravok. But uh, he's no pushover. He's, he's pretty tough. Uh, back in 1998, they made games hard then. 
you had to be good to beat Saravak. Like when I was a kid, oh, I couldn't do it. It was impossible. And even to this day, I, I usually end up cheesing him somehow. I can beat him without cheesing, mm-hmm. but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Is it like Elden Ring level hard? I don't oh, yeah. know. I haven't played that game, but I've heard it's very difficult. I um, haven't played it either, but that is also what I've heard. It's definitely at least that hard, I assume. It's hard to imagine a game that's harder than fighting Saravok. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's harder <laughs> in a different sort of way. Like where in a game like Elden mm-hmm. Ring, it's about skill, it's about learning patterns, um, uh, dodging and rolling and not getting hit by attacks. But against Saravok in uh, a D&D style game, it's all about the numbers. And Saravok, his numbers right. are just a lot better than yours. He, mm-hmm. He's not the kind of guy where you have to roll out of the way of his fire breath. He's the kind of boss where he walks in the middle of your group and he just sort of punts your characters one at a time. Got it. And then you just <laughs> hope your armor class is anything good enough, but it's definitely not. <laughs> well, when you get to the end of the game, your characters are probably level 7, level 8, somewhere in that vicinity. And, um, well, Saravak isn't a character in the same way that you are, I think that in terms of power level, he's supposed to be something like a level 15, 16 character. Yeah. So, like, twice as good as you, at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Uh, Can you just do the, uh, like, wait around the village, kill a bunch of goats and get experience, and then go in and fight him again? Is there that, that, that technique? I don't know. There's that's like a World of Warcraft thing, right? Where you can like, just like, that, <laughs> just stay in the woods and like kill a bunch of boars or like uh, whatever animals around or like the little cobalts or something to get a bunch of experience that takes forever. But eventually, you have you can be this huge character that goes in and steamrolls him. Oh, definitely. Or does not. it not really work like that? Yeah. Um, just like this. Well, once you reach this point of the game, uh, you're at the point of no return. There's no going back. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to face Saravok. The only way through is forward. Uh, but the game actually has an experience cap. So once you hit a certain point, you can't level up anymore. Oh, so you really just have to, <laughs> you, you just can't, you, all right. Yeah, you just got to be okay. good. You, you have to get good to you be just, Saravok. That's all there is to, to it. Just get good. Uh, or figure out a way to cheese him. Yeah. That's probably what I would do. I do like cheese and cheesing people out of wins. Sounds great. Especially when they're computers. Um, real people, you know, you feel a little bit bad, but Saravok, I know, you know, we get attached, all those kinds of things, but in the end of the day, you are a computer, and I will want to destroy you, so. The, the go-to tactic uh, is usually to take uh, an item called the Wand of Monster Summoning, which can make a variety of, like, low-level monsters, like hobgoblins or gnolls or something like that. You have one or two characters uh, with these wands, and they just sort of spam them over and over and over again, making a huge crowd of fodder that Saravok will just carve his way through. But in the meantime, you're, the rest of your characters will stand back and just shoot arrows at him. And it's gonna, you're going to have to shoot him like ten times to hit him once, but eventually you will wear him down. And uh, his AI, unfortunately, is not smart enough to realize, I should probably just ignore these hobgoblins and go kill those guys over there with the bows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Wait, okay, so... So it's kind of like you get Vivian's bow, except for the real. They're not just like spirit animal things, but um, 
That wand sounds like the kind of thing that would be like a legendary magic item that you can use, but only one person can have it. Your whole party can have this wand that just makes a bunch of goblins? Oh, there are multiples of them in the game. They're consumables. They only have so many charges, and then you can't use them anymore. Oh, interesting. Okay, so this is something you can Save them up through the whole game to to use against Sarabok. Got it. (laughs) So (laughs) when you play through once, you're like, you know what? I'm going to save every single one of those wands. I'm going to use all of them at this last thing. Nice. Uh... Is that what you do? Is that like is that the considered cheesy way or is or cheesing way or is that? Well, that's the, definitely one of um, the cheesing ways, and that was the only way I could beat him when I was a kid. Nowadays, I can mm-hmm. do it. I understand better how the game works, uh, and I'm better at the game, so I can beat him legit. It usually takes me several tries. Saravok is yeah. just unfairly strong. Yeah, which um, now I now I'm just interested. His card seems uh, fine. Not uh, fine. not unfairly strong. Okay, nice. All right. Yeah, the the card doesn't quite do uh, justice to the feeling that you get when Sarabok has killed you for the twelfth time in a row tonight. Yeah, uh, definitely doesn't. He is an uncommon, um, <laughs> but uh, anyway. Awesome. Okay, so that is the end of the first game. Wow. It is. And uh, after you defeat Saravok, uh, for whatever reason, um, the ball spawn power that he had in him, you see it sort of leave his body uh, and disperse outwards. Um, and after that, your characters emerge victorious, whichever of them are still standing, after fighting Saravok, and you become the heroes of Baldur's Gate. Oh. Do you get, like, badges? They're like medals and then everyone knows who you are kind of happens off screen but i like to think so i hope Mm so okay i think i deserve a medal after beating saravok if i do it for real yeah yeah i think you do too i think everyone out there deserves a medal unless you use the wands of the monster wands then well then sure you did it too you figured it out somebody told you or you you decided that that's how you're supposed to do it good for you Um, i don't know if you deserve a medal but I understand why you did it. But, yeah, uh, it's got to end some way. Um, all right, well, with that, uh, Max, I'm just about finished with this beer, so maybe we should go on a beer break, and then after that, we will get into the second Baldur's Gate game, and just a lot more story. Sounds good to me. All right. And that is the end of part one in our Drunken Vorthos series with Baldur's Gate. Uh, check out next week for the rest of the story and what we think about these beers. But always, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Follow us on Spotify and Instagram and Twitter at Arena Regulars. Uh, we really appreciate all of the uh, the comments and thank you so much for, for listening. Um, we'll see you next week. All right, that's fine.